Penn State football now sixth in the nation, according to the AP poll, and they are on a run 3-0, defeating two top 25 teams along the way, including Auburn 28-20 in the whiteout game on Saturday. Today on the BWI Daily Edition, we're taking a look at the team and the, the, the part of the team that has been leading them so far. By far the best unit that has stepped on the football field in any of the last three games they've played in, and that's the Penn State secondary. They have been everything that they were billed to be so far this season. Penn State Head coach James Franklin saying this is the best unit he's ever coached at Penn State. And taking a look at their talent and the depth of them, possibly this is the best unit that he's coached in the secondary in his career as a head coach at the college football level. So we're going to dive into some of the interesting stats I found when looking at them and their ability to make plays on the ball, which has been something that has eluded them in the past. And by the way, some of these stats provided today by PFF. If you want to check that out, pff.com. But here are just a simple test of how good are you playing so far. Here's the passer rating of the last three quarterbacks that Penn State has faced so far this season. Graham Mertz, Drew Plitt, and of course, Bo Nix of Auburn last weekend. None of these quarterbacks cracked 200 yards uh, passing and none of them have thrown a touchdown. Penn State has not allowed a touchdown through the air so far this season. They have been lights out in the secondary, keeping not only keeping everything in front of them, but making plays on the ball. Here is the production so far and the output for Penn State at that particular position when it comes to their ball production and their ability to break up passes. They have as many interceptions as they did last year with four, and they're nearly halfway to their output through eight games last year where they were able to get their hands on 20 different passes. They're almost at 10 so far, and they've only played three games. Now, the quarterbacks, you can say there's some questions whether Graham Mertz is good. We know what Bo Nix is as a passer, and Drew Plitt is a Mac quarterback. Sure, but those were two of those were top 25 teams with good positional players, good football players, and Penn State didn't make any mistakes against those teams to give up big passes and to give up touchdowns. The only other team that is in the same ballpark right now as Penn State in the Big Ten, if you want to look at comparative stats, would be Iowa facing two teams that were ranked in the top 25 at the time, Michael Penix and Brock Purdy at Indiana and uh, at Iowa State. And Iowa has been very good so far this season, breaking up passes uh, and getting their hands on the ball in general, keeping the quarterback to a minimum in their impact so far in the game. So those are the two teams that are leading the Big Ten in ball production so far this season. Now, that is just in the Big Ten. If you want to take at maybe a, a look at a metric where Penn State is nationally, according to PFF's overall coverage grade for the team, they are second behind only Georgia. And we know based on recruiting, prestige, and how they've played so far this season, this is probably the best Georgia defense we've seen in a long time and a very talented unit. So Penn State in rarefied air. They have never finished in this position in James Franklin's career. And if they can keep this up, this is an elite unit that can drive them to the heights of college football as long as the rest of the team follows along with them. And that's the thing is they're actually producing at that level. If you look at not just the, the, the metrics, but the film, they are led by Jaquan Brisker, who is so far in two nationally televised games, the big noon kick versus Wisconsin and the whiteout in primetime on ABC. He has been everything that he was billed to be. 
playing well against the run, making plays in space, and making plays on the football. He had an interception that should have ended the game versus Wisconsin, and he had a pass breakup that did end the game against Auburn on Saturday. And based on some of the film review that I'm doing for Blue White Illustrated, just looking at the formation and where he should have been on the football field, he could have had two more interceptions just in that game alone. So he's playing at the level that you're expecting and is, as long as he continues to do that and he's he continues to be healthy, should be a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, and of course, everything that you were expecting of him to be so far this season. Probably the most impressive thing is that he's lived up to the hype. It is hard to live up to the hype that we sometimes create with all the discussion and all of the coverage that we give college football and NFL football players. So far, Brisker is playing at that level. His ability to get his hands on the ball has been evident the last two seasons, and it's taken it up a notch even further so far this season. That is a really impressive player to lead you off, but another guy who has made strides so far this year and a really good sign for Penn State football is Joey Porter Jr. He's already met his production from last year in terms of Uh, defensive stops, and pass breakups. And he hasn't allowed a touchdown so far this season, so he's well on his way to becoming that player that he looks like he can be at 6'1 with 35-inch arms and good movement skills. Now, there are times where he doesn't break on the ball quickly enough and he can uh, be beat to the catch point by some players in underneath coverage, but for the most part, when it's gone down the field, Joey Porter Jr. has been able to be at the in position to make a play on the ball and at least contest the catch. That's something that last year he was able to be in position. He just was not able to contest the catch. So he's taking a step forward from his abilities at that point. So that's a really in- encouraging sign for Penn State that one of their most talented corners is really turning into what you were expecting him to be. Now, Penn State in general has not allowed a 200-yard passer, but Joey Porter Jr., PFF, has him tagged with 100 yards receiving himself. So that's an area where he can clean up, but in terms of keeping everything in front of him, he still has been able to do that in the secondary, and that's really what he's been asked to do. Now, part of this is that this has been a pretty good defensive unit overall, and the pass rush has been getting home. Arnold Ebikidi has been a real problem so far this season, but it's it's we've seen this in the past where Penn State can get pressure and it doesn't matter. The, the defensive secondary can be a liability, especially in underneath coverage, and that's where Brandon Smith has played very well over the last couple of games after a rough start against Wisconsin because it's not just your secondary. Your coverage unit includes your linebackers, and that move to the will position has really helped him where he's not covering in space quite as much. He's able to trigger downhill and make plays on the ball underneath. He has been very good there, as has Jesse Lucetta as that hybrid player. So both of these guys making plays in in coverage as well as against the run, becoming a force for Penn State football to use their versatility, their length, and their speed. Penn State has really done a good job of of using everyone's strengths to their best abilities this year with players playing in good positions of Brisker being moved into a more natural role. You've got... Uh, Uh, Lucetta at the defensive end position, and of course, Brandon Smith moving back into the box. So the team as a whole, there aren't any real weaknesses in the secondary right now. Even Tariq Castro-Fields, who's looked rough at times, he has allowed some opportunities for catches down the field. First off, he hasn't been tagged with any of those. No quarterback has made them pay for it, but 
He has been in position for the most part, and a lot of his bad plays are coming really late in the game in those final drives where you're trying to keep everything in front of you. Now, he needs to make sure that the, the receiver doesn't get to the sideline and stop the clock, but some of those yards and catches and completions are not necessarily the worst thing in the world. There's just some things that do need to be cleaned up, but he, surprisingly so far, has been the weaker link in the secondary when it comes to the production and the ability to get their hands on the ball. Although, in the last game, he did have a phenomenal pass breakup on a play where most times the corner is not supposed to get there in cover three to break underneath that route to the outside of the field against a guy with a good arm like Bo Nix. So, even in that relative struggle, I guess you could say. Tariq Castro-Fields is still making plays. He is still looking for an interception so far this season. He has been shut out last year and has not made a lot of plays on the ball throughout his career, but he at least is on the board so far. So then the question becomes, how can Penn State sustain this level of success? Can they? Well, that is always a question of Maybe, but here is what they've got going for them right now. As long as, again, they stay healthy and they can continue to play well as a unit, here are the quarterbacks that are coming up that they're going to face. After Villanova, once they get into the Big Ten proper, Michael Penix has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns so far this season. So the magical shine has come off of the Indiana offense after last year, where they were a genuinely dangerous and very good unit. Whether it's health or just coming back down to earth. Penix is not the same quarterback he was last year, and I think the Penn State defense might have something to say to the Indiana offense at home after what happened last year. After that, Penn State's old friend from Rutgers, Arthur Sitkowski, comes to town, so that's going to be another matchup where Penn State has a favorable advantage when it comes to talent, skill, position, and quarterback play. Uh, no not quite sure what the issue is with Brandon Peters as far as whether he'll be back from injury or not, but Sikowski has been getting the majority of the reps at quarterback since he went down in the season opener with an injury, and you would expect that to continue. So Penn State could be into the middle of October before Spencer Petras and the Iowa Hawkeyes are on the schedule, and that will be possibly Penn State's biggest test of the season, and Petras has thrown, at this point, exactly two touchdowns. He is right around 50% completion percentage. So again, another team that is primarily focused on the ground game and the ability to control the game through rushing the football. And Penn State has been good enough on the ground so far. Again, if you want to check out exactly what's been going on there, you can check out my film study, uh, bwi.rivals.com backslash subscribe if you're not a member, because it it's been a little bit of both, but it has been good enough so far this season. So another rushing team comes to town before. I think this is obviously, to everyone, the biggest test of the season will be when C.J. Stroud and the Ohio State Buckeyes are on the schedule in Columbus, and they are facing that very talented receiving core uh, with Garrett Wilson and the rest of uh, that team. That will be the biggest test as to whether or not Penn State can play up to the level and can really keep a talented team in under wraps during uh, a, a critical game on their schedule. But until then, they do have at least favorable matchups on paper and the ability to play up to that level so far this season. So if you are hoping for a runaway hype train for Jaquan Brisker and for the Penn State secondary, there is a re there's a, there's a good level. Uh, good level playing field and a lot of train tracks coming 
for that runaway train to get some hype before a big matchup against Ohio State. Now, that's looking pretty far into the future, and a lot of things can happen. But so far, Penn State's secondary is the real deal. They're performing at that level, and as long as things continue to go the way they are, they will be able to produce like that for a good chunk of the season and be in position to help Penn State be in a game against Ohio State later in the year. That is better than the Penn State secondary has produced in the last several seasons. And certainly, I think James Franklin is correct when he's saying this is the best secondary he's had during his time at Penn State. They are putting that proof on the field. Coming up today, the BWI Live. If you haven't checked that out yet, make sure you check out our Monday recap show of Penn State versus Auburn. We'll get into more of the details of what happened in the game and our impressions of what we expected out of Penn State football going forward. Check that out. Uh, That's coming up today. Of course, we'll have our film study, bwi.rivals.com of Penn State versus Auburn and more at the site from Greg Pickle, Ryan Snyder, Nate Bauer, and Dave Eckert. And of course, if you're listening to this, thank you for listening. That's super awesome. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, on YouTube. Penn State football is uh, what we cover here. Penn State is in a great position to be a very good football team. And if you want to get the latest information and the latest information on Penn State basketball, which got a top 150 commit this weekend, That is all going to be at Blue White Illustrated. For the BWI Daily Edition, I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk again tomorrow.